0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to worship. I am Sarah, one of the pastors here at Hope. And so, with Steph's welcome, I want to welcome everyone here this morning as we continue in our sermon series about the culture of hope. The culture of hope. These are the values that this congregation lives out as followers of Jesus Christ, but those values go beyond simply this congregation. Our sermon series, The Culture of Hope, points us to God's truth in Scripture. As to those values that that God holds for us and calls us to be, his sons and daughters, following in the footsteps of his son, Jesus Christ, and bringing love, life, and hope into our world. So today we're talking about what it means to love others as followers of Jesus Christ? What does it mean to love others as followers of Jesus Christ? How does that take form? How does that take shape in terms of this congregation and also Christ Church globally, right? What shape does that take in our life together? Before we dive into our text today, let us begin with a word of prayer if you would join me. Heavenly Father, Lord, I give you thanks and praise this day for the love of your Son, Jesus Christ, for this command that he gives us to love one another as he has loved us, because by this, others will know that we are his disciples. Help us to open our hearts, our minds, our very lives to what his words would speak into us and inspire us to do in his name. It is in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Love one another. Two easy words love one another. Very simple command by Jesus, and yet it was the final command that he left for all of his followers here on earth before he went to the cross. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another and i wonder when you hear these words of jesus what comes to mind for you what sort of attitude and response do you take on and i have to wonder you know with jesus these are his famous words we hear the golden rule all the time in our schools we tell it to young people all the time treat others as you want to be treated right love others as you love yourself but as we hear this chant of, of Jesus, love one another, we hear it in our culture everywhere, love one another. I wonder, I begin to wonder, do we become a little desensitized to this command, this powerful command, this kind of intimidating command of Jesus, to be honest? Do we become desensitized to it? Meaning we hear it so often that we're like, you know what? Yeah, you know, if I just if I'm kind to other people, if I show respect. If I show these basic ways of being of love and, and of kindness to others, appropriate affection, help others when I can, uh, if, if, I, if I don't say a bad word about anybody else and I just don't rock the boat, I, yeah, I'm following in Jesus' footsteps. We become desensitized and we water it down a little bit. Do we, do we tend to respond that way? I know that there's a part of me that wants to respond that way. And yet, Jesus' command, especially put in proper context, it probably isn't going to leave us in a very comfortable place. It's probably going to make us a little uncomfortable. Because if we say we value, as followers of Jesus Christ, if we say that we value loving others... Because Jesus commanded it. And even if we try to live like Jesus did and and, and try to follow that command, his example, well, I don't know about you, but that makes me very uncomfortable. Just take Jesus' example. Think about how and why Jesus gave this value, this instruction, this command to us. He gave this command during his last week of life. He'd spent three years of doing ministry all throughout Israel and Palestine under the Roman Emperor, Empire, right? And this last week of life, he goes into Jerusalem. And when he goes into Jerusalem, his very entry causes a bit of a stir among the people. Some people are excited. He's got friends everywhere he goes, but those religious elite, those rulers, right, they're put off guard. And Jesus, yeah, he's preaching and teaching, even doing some miracles, some healings, but he also goes into the temple and he overturns tables, calling out the evil that he sees among those who proclaim themselves clean and religiously elite. He has friends, but he is also making enemies in a short amount of time. And so then on his last day with his friends, he goes and he celebrates a feast with them. He and his closest friends, his disciples, they go to an upper room... And when they go in there, they kind of disregard some social norms. There's a, there's a, a, a water basin at the door, but they ignore it and they keep going in. And, and, and so then they sit down, they have their meal. Jesus is enjoying all sorts of great conversation and the presence of his friends. He knows it's his last hours with them. So then after they enjoy this meal, they're having a great time. He takes off his outer robe and he puts on a towel. And he goes and gets that bin by the door. And he brings it in and he starts washing his disciples' feet. And Peter immediately, he's like... No, Jesus, you are not going to wash my feet. You're not going to take the form of a servant, of a slave, and wash my feet. And, and if you're going to wash my feet, then you might as well wash my whole body. Because if I'm that dirty just on my feet, then you might as well wash the whole, whole thing. And Jesus is like, whoa, slow down, Peter. No. Your whole body isn't unclean, but your feet are. So I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to wash everybody's feet. And he goes around and he does this. he takes off that towel when he's done. He puts aside the bin, the wash basin, and and he says, I wonder if you know what I've done for you. And think about this. This is Jesus' last few hours. And he says this. I wonder if you know what I've done for you. You call me Lord and Master, and that's right. But if I, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, so you must wash one another's feet. For the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. And he goes, and then he goes on to say, and now I give you a new command. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now, as I imagine this scene of Jesus' last few moments and hours with his disciples, I I pause and I wonder, you know, if I was in Jesus' shoes, if I knew I only had hours to live, what would I have done? I don't know if I would have been like Jesus and gotten down and taken the form of a slave. I think I probably would have just wanted to eat more good food, enjoy more time with my friends and family. I think I would have wanted to say, I love you and just say it over profusely, over and over. But Jesus didn't do that. No, he made a point that love is more than just words and a nice meal together love takes a shape it takes a form and that love is sacrificial that love takes shape in humble service See, Jesus' command to love others doesn't put us in a place of comfort. When we say that we value loving people, at Hope we put people before policies. That's a tough statement. We put people before policies. Think about that. Caring for and helping hurting people is fulfilling the law of Christ and a part of who we are. Jesus' command doesn't put us in a place of comfort. It invites and calls us into a place of discomfort. For the sake of something greater, for the sake of God's kingdom, for the sake of Jesus Christ's love for us that took on a cross shape. And this is what Paul is getting at in his letter to the church in Galatia. He wasn't there for... Jesus' is foot washing, but he knows, he knows of all the witness that he's heard of Jesus. He, he knows from his very experience on a road to Damascus where he's struck blind, he knows that the love of Christ calls us into a love that's different than what the world says it is. A love that you cannot ignore. A love that has the power to transform and makes you sit up and take notice. So he writes those words, you, my brothers and sisters, you're called to be free. Yes, Jesus sets you free from sin and death, from the penalty of sin. He sets you free, but he doesn't just set you free from, he sets you free for something. He says, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Don't become self indulgent. Rather, Serve one another another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. You see, Jesus wants to have us step into a place where we were always meant to be when we follow him. When we follow him and we love like he loves us, Jesus is inviting us to step into a place where we were always meant to be, and that's conduits of God's love. Both in the giving of self-sacrificing love, but also in the place of receiving as well. We are to be givers and receivers of God's love. And what does that look like? What does that look like to be both a giver and a receiver of God's love? I could tell you stories from from greats of our Christian heritage. You know those people that we call saints, right? I think of Dietrich Bonhoeffer in Nazi Germany. He he gave all in order to stand up for what was right in Jesus' name um, in Nazi Germany, right? right? I, could th- I could think of Mother Teresa, who, who, man, she had terrible foot pain because she kept giving first choice of shoes to the children, to the orphans, to the people of the street in Calcutta, right? She gave uh, her entire life in service for others. But I want you to know that there are stories right here in this congregation because I've seen this lived out. I've seen loved people lived out among our congregation. And they, they might not make the news, Like Bonhoeffer and and like Mother Teresa. Let me tell you, their impact is eternal. I want to tell you two stories. The first story is of Deb. Deb has been a member of our congregation for a long time. You'll often see her singing up here, actually, uh, doing some of our cantering, singing in choir. But she decided that she would become a visitation minister here at Hope. She would go visit people in our congregation who are either um, homebound or in a nursing home. And so uh, Deb, little did she know that when she signed up for this, that the person she would be assigned to had already had a visitation minister In fact, that person who had that previous visitation minister said that her previous minister was so good and they had such a great relationship, nobody else could ever replace her. She didn't want another one. But her visitation minister did move. COVID happened. Isolation, loneliness set in. So when things opened up again, She was assigned another visitation minister, and it was Deb. And Deb was trained to just go in and have a cup of coffee, listen, pray, share some scripture, maybe even offer to give her communion. Well, Deb went in and just started visiting, just started getting to know her. And, and they, then they started reading scripture together. Their favorite was Psalm 23. They would pray together. And yes, they would even take communion together. And Deb just found delight in the person that she was visiting. And that person found delight in her, and they became fast friends. Because she, they shared the love of Christ. Deb, Deb gave of her time, of her talent, of her love of Christ, as it overflowed. She gave it to her person. Well, when her person recently passed away, the family had a small family memorial service. There wasn't going to be a pastor, just a small gathering of family and friends. And the one person they made sure was invited was Deb. And Deb called me up. She said, Pastor Sarah, uh, I'm going to read Psalm 23, but then they asked me to do some prayers what do you do for prayers? (laughs) And I trained her up, and Deb not only read Psalm 23 and shared a few stories, but she also gave the final prayer and commendation for the person she visited. So profound was their relationship. All this because she gave of her time. She sacrificed of her time and her gifts to share the love of Christ with another. The other story I wanna share with you is that of somebody that you probably, most of you here already know. She's a Northside person, Linda Coons. Some of you may have even had her as a teacher at some point. I'm looking over here. Oh no. <laughs> but some of you have had her as, as a teacher. Some of you know her as a teacher. A lot of you know her as just Linda. And Linda, um, she's trained as a Stephen minister she underwent uh, about 35 hours of training so that she could help be with people, walk with people when they're in crisis. And, and as, after she was done being a Stephen minister, she started visiting, visiting people in the hospital right when they're in the middle of their crisis there, but, but bringing prayers, br- offering communion, and, and just bringing her presence, giving of herself and her time. But when Linda lost her husband, she realized that she also needed to receive love love of Christ from others. And not only did she go through the grief share course for that, but that continued even recently where she had another loss. But so I'm going to let Linda share it in her own words. If we draw your attention to the screen.
1: Hi. My name is Linda Coons and I have been a member at Hope Here for 44 years. Uh, One of the ways that I express God's love to others is through the mission of Grief Share, which I'm a facilitator of. Fred Rogers said, it always helps to have people we love beside us when we have to do difficult things in life. I'd like to share how God has used the people of hope to get me through difficult times, and I can use those difficult times to help others. 1 Corinthians 1.4 says, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Just recently, I experienced the sudden death of my brother. That Sunday, I came to Hope because I knew I needed to hear God, worship Him, and receive the love and support of my Hope family. 2 Corinthians says, God is our merciful Father and source of comfort. At Hope, I received listening ears, prayers, and hugs, just what I needed. Over the years, the people of Hope have shown so much love and support to my family and me. John 13, 34 tells us, Love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Because of this love, I want to love others and show compassion as Jesus instructs us to do. Grief Share is one of the ways I can show the healing love of Christ to others. A team of us work together to provide a place where grieving people can come and feel safe to share their true grief feelings. Too often we say we're okay when really we're not. God is the healer. We are the listeners and prayers. A quote I read says it all. God equips us with his love guides us by his spirit and empowers us to reach out to a hurting world. Let a pastor know if you are in need of healing. They will connect you to the right ministry. Remember, our mission at Hope is to encourage all people to know the love of Christ. Oftentimes, it's through the members of Hope we experience Christ's love.
0: Often it's through the People of hope that we experience Christ's love. Love others. Not only has Linda loved others, but God, she's received love from the people of hope. Giving of ourselves and our time, our gifts, so that other people can know the love of Christ, it has a profound and eternal impact. From the store of love we have received from Christ, we are called to share that love, to give that same love to others. So today is an invitation that's twofold. As we look to this value of loving people, there is an invitation that is twofold. First is, where is God calling you to serve? How is he calling you to stretch yourself, to become a little uncomfortable so that you can give of yourself as he has given to you so that others may know the love of Christ? You have time to give, to pray for others. If you do, please let us know. We can email you twice a week. Those requests are constantly being brought forward to us. You have time to pray. Please sign up, that, up for that. Mark it in your bulletin. Put it in the offering plate when it goes by. you have an extra measure of time to give? Perhaps consider becoming a Stephen minister. It requires 35 hours of training, yeah. But man, the the skills and and the ways of listening that you learn through that, it helps you not only in helping people in crisis, but also just in your family and friends group, in everyday life. Are, Are you a person who has time to give once a month to visit somebody who is homebound or in a nursing or care facility? Become a visitation minister. Write it down on the sheet in your bulletin. We'll connect with you. There's needleworks if you're if you know how to knit or crochet. There's helping with prayer crosses. If you love to cook, we have meals that heal. There's lots of ways to give of yourself and your time, to be a conduit of God's love. Giving of yourself for the sake of others. But the second invitation is this: Are you hurting? Is Jesus calling you to receive His love through the love and care of others who will reach out to you in Jesus' name? Do you need a Stephen minister? Do you need to get plugged into grief share? Maybe divorce care. Maybe maybe you need just that extra measure of reach out from somebody here in this congregation, whether a pastor or a layperson, to say you are loved. To say. God sees you, God knows you, and God is with you. Please let us know as pastors. Visit with me or Steph after service. Where are you at today? How is God inviting you? And as you respond to that invitation, may it be a heartfelt yes. Yes, Lord. I need your love. And I need to give that love away as well. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I give you thanks and praise for your son, Jesus Christ, who gave fully of himself through the cross and the empty tomb so that we might have life and we might know the profound depths of your love. God, that we can know that love so fully that we know that it can transform our own hearts and lives. Help us from that, that great store of love that you've poured into us through, by the power of your spirit. Help us to then share it with those around us. And as we wrestle with the question, how can I love others for your sake? Help us point to the right in the right direction and to say yes to the invitation. Because there's one thing this world needs more of, it's your love. Help us to be conduits of it. Ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.